Blog Talk Radio. Hello, good day, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio. My name is Sherelle Baker, and I am the co-host. And we have David Baker, our host. David? Good morning, good evening to everybody, everywhere, wherever you may be listening to around the world. Welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio. Today is going to be a fantastic show. We have a special guest for you today, Derek Okora, and everybody should know who he is, and if not, now's your chance to find out. I'd like to say that Derek Okora is, without question, the number one television psychic in the UK, bridging the gap between the niche cult shows to mainstream talk shows, which rely on personality and the ability to capture the imagination. As a result of Derek's sincerity and enthusiastic delivery, Derek has achieved international acclaim with television, radio, and personal appearances across the United Kingdom, Europe, the Middle East, New Zealand, and the USA. Derek has also conducted telephone consultation for people as far south as India, Australia, and New Zealand, and I'm sure much more extensively than that by now. Over the years, Derek's television appearances have made him one of Britain's most popular and best-known mediums, resulting in consistent sell-out shows throughout his UK tours. And Derek is... If you look at his website, DerekAkura.com is on tour right now. He's always stays busy. So a lot of us have many opportunities at one of his events. Additionally, Derek has several books published and a number of DVDs as well. I have them listed on my website show page as well as them being on his as well. Anybody could go to Amazon.com and find his products. Once again, his website is www.derekokora.com, and some of his books are Derek Okora, Extreme Psychic, The Psychic World of Derek Okora, The Psychic Adventures of Derek Okora, Derek Okora's Ghost Towns, <laughs> Ghost Hunting with Derek Okora, and he has one of the most haunted. I mean, I could go on and on, but what I'd like to do before we bring Derek on the show is just play a little sound bite of Derek during the talk. Very interesting. Derek does have a charming personality and a great sense of humor as well as spirit. But also, all these things, this impression as well. You know, there's different parts of the world. And if we're fortunate, we get to travel and what have you, and I get like that. But he seems to be here marking something of the conversation he's had just of recent. Uh, I've been talking vigorously about taking that trip, that valuable trip to the United States of America. Um, yeah, well, I should be going uh, over Christmas. Yes. And are you aware that that trip may not happen? It's not to disappoint you. It's not to disappoint you, but it seems that there's uh, something in the works spiritually that they're going to prevent you from going on the date or that you're expecting. 
be a couple of days later because of the circumstances of what is happening around the time. So don't be downhearted. You are going. You are destined. You are in the amount to go, but not precisely on the dates that you expected. Well, that was very interesting. You just heard Derek doing one of his uh, events. And so without further ado, welcome to the show, Derek Okora. David, it's lovely to speak to you. Thank you very much. And you were just mentioning about the weather over there. How is the weather again today, please? It's very clement. It's very lovely. It's been about, for, for us in England anyway, at this time of the year, around 18 degrees, which is really, really nice. Well, that's good. I, I'm assuming you're talking 18 degrees Celsius and not Fahrenheit. That's right, yes. So, you know, it's been in the 60s, so it's been wonderful. It's been uh, uh, T-shirt weather, as we call it here, Dave. That's wonderful. We've had, I suppose, during the season change, the weather is not sure between the seasons what it wants to do. So one week it's cold and rainy and chilly, and the next week it's sunny and you're wearing a T-shirt as well. Today it's a bit overcast. Right, well, we, we've had a spell over the last, I'd say, about seven or eight days of, you know, very clement weather and uh, very unusual for April uh, in England. So everyone's enjoying it and everyone's out there in the T-shirt and the shorts. And um, a lot of people are thinking that it's like being in Spain. That is amazing. That is really amazing. And, you know, you should, we're talking about the weather it brings to mind uh, from Julie Andrews. Uh, the rain in Spain stays many on the plane. On the plane, yes. It's yes, My yes. Fair Lady. My uh, mother used to listen to that when I was a, a youngster. Uh-huh. So, Derek, you're, I find this to be interesting. I myself, you know, am a psychic medium, but during my life, I was uh, in the military and in law enforcement. So that's like a warrior-type personality. And then I'm in touch with my spiritual side, which is kind of like the opposite, like a yin and a yang. Uh-huh. And I noticed that you have the same warrior personality as a professional footballer, but you also yeah. are interested in poetry. Absolutely, yes. You know, for many, many years, I wasn't brought up in the country in England. I was brought up in a uh, an area, with what we would call in England, the concrete jungle, where there was no grass or no nature stuff or anything like that, no greenery. And as a little boy, I used to say to my mum, my mother, you know, one day, one day, I will live in the country and I'll be with the animals and I will have animals all around me. And after all these years, uh, now I suddenly find myself with 15 chickens, um, seven of them laying hens, all very lovely little girlies, and I just recently um, brought in three um, ducks, little baby ducks, um, and they've integrated absolutely fantastically. The only problem is that I've got two very, very boisterous dogs, one called Jack and one called Penny. Jack is a um, standard poodle. Um, he's a big guy. And Penny is a German shepherd. And since I brought these lovely animals uh, to our home, uh, to join the family, um, Jack and Penny look at me rather strangely and say, but why don't you, we love you, don't you love us enough? 
to bring these other animals in. So they, they try to give the, the chicks and the, uh, the ducks a little bit of a hard time. But everything will settle. Everything will be okay. That is amazing. You know, what's going to come next? You won't believe it, even my neighbors. And because I live next to a farm, an old farmland, uh, Bernard, my uh, the farmer friend on the right, um, he's convinced me to bring in two baby llamas. Because llamas are just... I was going to say goat. No, no. I was going to no, say goat. Cheryl, you know, it's lovely to speak to you. Um, but I found, I'm, I'm reading up now, I'm understanding Bernard, the farmer, and he knows more about, you know, cultural stuff and, you know, animals. And he said, llamas, Derek, whether you know it or not, believe me, he said, are more protective of chickens than what goats would be. So when out in the country, yeah, I didn't know that. I was totally ignorant of it. Well, I and, have to ask you this question real quickly about the llamas. <laughs> My wife yes. and I have a joke about it because of a okay. TV commercial. Are they alpacas or not? No, no. You see, the alpacas are very pretty to look at. Llamas, I suppose, are not as pretty. But, you know, when you look at the price that these breeders of the alpacas, as opposed to the llamas, you're talking about paying, in, in, in monies, you're talking about paying four times the amount for uh, a, a young uh, alpaca as to be a, a llama. I understand, and there definitely is a difference. However, I really didn't know until you just now explained it, and I find that to be uh, very, very interesting. And I suppose if somebody breached your property without permission uh, during some time and the uh, llamas caught on the alert that perhaps they could oh. be up to the... Uh, yes, absolutely. They chased the foxes. And you see, we've got high evidence of foxes because we're all open land here. And foxes are prevalent, you know, they're, they're here. Um, so basically, the, the llama... It doesn't have to inform you. It could be at dusk. It could be, you know, late at night when foxes are out and about. The llama will know and will actually ward off the chickens if they're not in the coop. They will tell them in their way of language, get in. We'll deal with it. And then they will, they will actually, if a fox gets into a run, the llamas will have a go and fight that fox. Wow, that's the alpaca amazing. won't. The alpaca will 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 run. Will run. Okay. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? The alpaca. Yeah. yeah. The alpaca yeah. will knock on your door and say, "Hey, there's some foxes." That's right. That's right, Cheryl. You know. <laughs> that's funny. The difference between that. At one time, some years back, I had a, a different property than I had now, and they had a Rottweiler pet. And it would bark at anybody that would come up to the gate that, that wanted to come to the property. And I had somebody that was coming in for an appointment, and I didn't bring the dog in. Oh. And this person uh, got in and knocked on the door, and I said, how'd you get past the Rottweiler? You know, and uh, he said, oh, it was no problem. The dog came up to me, was barking. And so that person said, okay, boy, where's the ball? Go get the ball. Let's play ball. Yeah. Come on. And the dog's yeah. perspective changed. Like, oh. Where's the ball? What ball? That's it. I said, you know what? That's great. Maybe I have the wrong kind of dog. That's like going into the animal psychology of things, you know. That's amazing. They are intelligent. Animals are intelligent. 
Of course they are. And I've been saying this and fighting this cause for 35 years now. Animals are more intelligent than the so-called experts. Experts say that they are. That's you know? Did, did you see, guys, did you see um, in your, um, your uh, regional papers or your national papers a couple of weeks ago, as I did in England, where um, the cruelty to a, uh, an elephant... Did you ever, was that uh, yes. the American papers? Yes. And did it also, did you read where the statement from this particular elephant where um, a very, very um, loving animal lover walked over to the elephant away from people who were added in trapped and it was actually crying? I don't remember precisely that story because I just... I have so much going on, but I do remember the story. I didn't read too much of it and retain it. But well, uh, this I elephant, totally that's how you, that. That's how you, this coming away from instinct, because instinct with animals and what have you, you will not get the emotional um, situation or episode. And this elephant was actually teardrops and crying, you know, crying out saying, you know, I've had enough. And, you know, there are so many, many, many animals, whether it be wild or whether they be domesticated, that have got these emotions, especially our domesticated cats, dogs, rabbits, and what have you. Because, you see, David, you know, Cheryl, they take on our, our emotions when they live with us. They, they learn new things. So they are actually, they are, you know, our animals that are not wild are actually progressing at a rate and a ratio, not compared to a human being, but close to it. So something special happens there. And then, so what happens from then? If a dog um, lives with you successfully, male or female, or a cat, like we've got a cat called Mindy. She's 23 years old. That would make her, I believe, according to my wife, about 141 in human terms wow. years. She's one of wow. the oldest cats in, in the country, maybe in the world. I don't know. That's impressive. Wow. That's and all fun. animals that come and have come to us, we're so, so pleased about is that they, they thrive, they live long lives, and they're never, ever, ever, they're allowed to pass over to the animal kingdom without being interfered with, without, you know, like chickens, um, you know, They've got a vase, don't lay eggs anymore, so let's wring the neck and put them on the table. That doesn't happen in the Akora household. That's wonderful. And we have the same They live their lives. That's great, because, you know, a lot of people don't understand and don't ever call an animal a dumb animal because they can't build a brick-and-mortar structure because they can't write a sympathy or Absolutely, a song. Absolutely, Dave. Their intelligence is, is just as high as ours. It's just that... It is. Theirs is in a different direction than ours, and I believe that the domesticated animals that choose to live with us are evolving on the spiritual scale. Yes. That's why they've chosen to be with us, and they're so yes. loving and trusting and loyal to us. And yes. even, Derek, I know you mentally communicate with your animals. You don't even do. have to talk because if one of your pets or dogs comes up to you, and makes a sound or looks at you a certain way, you know exactly what's on their mind, don't you? Absolutely. I know instantly. You know, it, it, it just happens. It's just the way it is. 
And, you know, a new phase of my life has opened up, even at this particular age of my life now, um, where I dreamt about having and looking after and keeping and caring for animals such as chickens, ducks, although many years ago, llamas didn't even come into it. And so I didn't even know what a llama was. However, you know, other things like little piglets, um, you know, Gwen said to me, oh, gosh, I can see this is your whole new opening of your life, but we haven't got a big enough property to house, you know, uh, these lovely animals. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to work on that. Dave, Sherelle, I'm working on it. All right. That's good. That's progress. So well, I'm thinking about my good friend next door neighbor, Bernard, who's got all this land. And I'm very shortly going to um, sit and debate with him and ask him, can he sell me a little bit of land where I can open, open up my gardens and then I will have a little zoo. But not a zoo as a zoo, like they do in England. And no, the world. no. Yeah. This will be an animal sanctuary. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful dream. And That's my, no, it's my next. It's my next. Um, yes, <laughs> absolutely. That that's what I want to ask you about. I bet this did this come to mind when you were, let's say, in your twenties, playing football and doing all kinds of activities. Did you ever think yeah. that you would uh, eventually one day? Was this a dream of yours in your early years? As a footballer, it was. As a little boy, well, that's all I wanted to be, Dave. I didn't want, like I said to my gran, I made that statement. Gran, I don't want to be like you. I love you. I said, well, grandma, and I love my mum. But, you know, now I know what you do as a medium. No, all I want to be is a footballer. So I pushed it away. However, you know, what was going through my mind at the time was that, you know, I'm going to be one of the world's greatest footballers. I'm going to be like Pelé. I'm going to be like so-and-so. I never was, but I did realize a dream. I did earn a salary from professional football for a number of years. I wasn't a top grade. I wasn't a, a Beckham. I wasn't a, a Ronaldo. I wasn't anything like that. In my football days, I was recognized by managers as a good, reliable pro, a journeyman who would, if the manager said, go and kick that player into the stands because he's dangerous. Although I didn't want to do it, I'd have to follow rules. If they said, just go and play your flow of football and do your best, that's what I'd do. So basically, for a number of years, I played my football. But you see, my grand said, when I was a young boy, you are going to be alive. You will play professional football one day, son. But she said, there will come a time when abruptly, abruptly, you'll come away from that game. Well, it did. It happened in Australia. I had an injury. It responded initially to uh, an operation, and I come back the next season, only two games in to the season, bang, it went again. Another operation. But this time, wow. I was informed by uh, the surgeon that my footballing days were over. Well, but I bet that, that made your wife happy to leave Australia. Absolutely. Couldn't wait to get away, but I was, I was absolutely I was absolutely heartbroken. I was oh, correct. I know. I know. And because I'd been involved 
in, in training, you know, every day in my life. I kept myself super fit. And knowing that I was going to come away from that lifestyle, what am I going to do? Um, it was quite frightening, actually. But I, I wasn't back home in the UK very long when my gran and Sam and people coming from the spirit world into my sleep and telling me this now's the time. This was my vocation. Well, before oh. I ask you about that, which I was going to, may I ask you one more uh, question about during that football time that you were yeah. playing on the grounds, I believe, of a mental institution or something like that. And yeah. some people used to come to watch the game, and there's one particular fan that you had. This person was uh, perhaps a little bit older than you. He seemed to be yeah. a, a normal person. And yeah. he told you, when you asked him why is he there, that, well, people put me in here because I see spirits and I have yeah. a couple of ghosts in my room. Uh-huh. And so they're putting me on medication. I mean, isn't that a shame that back then that's the way things used to be? It's so, so, so sad as it was in institutions, especially in England. Um, I can't say about other countries at the level of my understanding what's going on here in the UK. But yes, in his case, a very, very lovely man, a very, very um, temperate sort of uh, man, not a loud man. Uh, and whatever. when he, he explained to me after watching the game, and that one day he asked me to come back into the big housing, which really basically we weren't allowed, but he took me through the back door. And he took me through these halls, down massive building there, and um, then took me to where he was seeing these spirit people. And sure enough, this was mid-afternoon after we played the game, about quarter to five um, early evening. And when I saw these spirit people, and I thought... This man is in here, being on the There is no sound. And we lost all of our guests. So good.
You know what? Okay. And you can't because the host is still there. And I don't know if that's me or... Okay. And then we'll call David back after the show and just say thank you. And, and okay, now I, oh, what's the number of the show? Can you read it off to me? Are you on the switchboard? Yeah, it's um, show number Do you have any sound? Huh? Do you have any sound? Sound, what sound? Okay, go ahead. Call him back. And you're not in the show, huh? Yeah, that's me at four one five four eight five four four three eight. Are you still on uh in the show? Um, I don't know if I'm out of the show. I never logged off but Okay, let me let me call you then. Okay. And then call Derek to see if you can get him out. Okay. Okay, here goes. Or you can call me and I'll answer it, then I'll call No, I've tried that and it doesn't work. I I'll get stuck you. and you know He she said she can hear us in the background. Great. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Hello? Hi, I am here. Okay, Rachel, thanks. Here. You guys huh? stand by. Call him. Now, I put you on mute, so...
go haywire, but we're back online. Derek, I, I, we don't have a lot of time left, but uh, there is one question I want to ask you before I go back to what you were telling me about the watcher, if there's something else you wanted to say. And that is, in all the books I've read and all the people I've spoken to, in your book, The Psychic World of Dale Zakar, in part two, on pages 84 to 86, you give a list of questions to see how psychic one is, and the more positive answers, the more psychic one may be. Now, this is the first and only time I've ever seen this question, and the reason I'm asking, because it's the only time I've seen the question, but it's because it happens to me. Have you ever noticed inexplicable scratch marks on your body? And my wife asks me where I get all these scratches on my back all the time, especially some I can't reach. What does that mean?